Welcome to Chariots of Flowers. My name is Coralie, and today I'll be musing about fairies. So before we get started, let me just say welcome to season two of Chariots of Flowers. I figured since the end of season one, episode 12 felt like a very, very conclusive, like volume ending piece, and that the last episode was literally back in the beginning of spring and we're like almost at the end of summer, beginning of fall, I figured why not start season two? So here we are. So welcome. And yeah, let's get into it. So anyone who has been on TikTok for the last couple of months, uh, specifically book talk and anything like within like the new adult fantasy genre, knows that the one book franchise that has been like on everyone's minds at the moment is Akatar, uh, also known as A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. I've read the first book, A Court of Thorns and Roses, and I'm in the midst of reading the second book, A Court of Mist and Fury. Uh, I'm getting there. It's a bit bigger than the first book, so no one spoil it for me, but I'm hoping to like make my way through it. And for me, like it's just so good and it feels like you're just like chewing on like bubble gum that never loses its flavor it's just so like entertaining and enticing to the imagination like when I first got into it I was thinking well you know with all these memes I'm seeing online all these like theories I'm seeing I might as well figure out what the whole fuss is about so I like went on Amazon and ordered the book one and then like when I like read the last page I was like no no, 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 no. I need to know what happens next. So now I wrote a book two. But of course, book two is literally twice the size of book one. Uh, so yeah, working through that. But of course, anyone who is familiar with the book franchise or just kind of heard about online knows that the fantasy creatures in question that's being explored are fairies, uh, which are also kind of addressed in the book as fae. And I think like in a lot of recent fantasy texts, no one even uses the word fairy even more. They just say fae, so like F-A-E. I'm not sure if it's to ensure that like no one like confuses it with like Tinkerbell level fairy so it sounds less kitty or not, but I kind of like the vibe of it. Like you kind of take it more seriously as an adult reader compared to fairy. Like I'm expecting Peter Pan and Wendy and the Lost Boy gang to like show up. But through exploring uh, the book series and just hearing all the general hype about it and also hearing that there's other books that kind of cover uh, Finn, kind of depict them in all sorts of varying ways and also kind of, you know, remembering childhood and like stories and folklore and nursery rhymes that kind of cover or address fairies one way or another, I figured, hey, why not look up some stuff about fae or fairies and see what you find. So here's what I found for today. Also, as a side note, I realized when I was kind of going through everything that this is probably going to take more than one episode to be as thorough as I'd like to be. So do keep on the lookout for that. So keeping in mind that Faye, F-A-E, and 
fairies are the same thing. Um, synonyms uh, that you might have heard along the way, like from like other like mediums, uh, would include an, an alternative spelling of fae, uh, which includes F-A-Y and F-E-Y. Um, and then there's also an alternative spelling of fairy that goes, uh, you know, everyone knows that F-A-I-R-Y, but there's also F-A-E-R-I-E. And then sometimes they're also addressed as fair folk. So regardless of what you or your culture might address them as, or the text might address them as, um, fae or fairies are um, basically like metaphysical supernatural spirits or just like magical creatures um, that are often found in several European folklore uh, that includes Celtic, Slavic, Germanic, and French folklore. Uh, some uh, sources kind of refer to them as like elemental spirits um, and that often goes hand in hand um, with the fact that a lot of uh, beliefs and facts and knowledge that we have about the fae are very much tied with like pre-christianity or pagan uh religious or spiritual beliefs um some believe that they couldn't be human spirits so let's say pre-born or let's say just like spirits of the deceased that have remanifested and some of them kind of just see them as just creatures that may have predated humanity or kind of just coexist um, with nature in its own peculiar way. A lot of people believe that they could be the, at least the notion of fae of or fairies uh, can, be can be inspired by, let's say, uh, the notion of like jinns, uh, angels, or demons. I think that taking into account that a lot of uh, European mythology, a lot of European folklore or matters of you know britain or matters of certain countries or civilizations as we as we know it in europe have been heavily influenced by christianity um i kind of want to say that they've been heavily inspired by demons almost like nature demons in a way uh, just because in a lot of european folklore fae of uh, the fae or you know fairies are seen as very like mischievous or like you know harmful uh malicious creatures that are kind of out to get humans um either for funsies or um because they've been offended um by humanity or by a peculiar group of humans or by a specific human in general they've been blamed um for like illnesses as like plague tuberculosis you know stuff like that um they're known to like haunt like travelers and like lead them astray on their journeys and they're just like known to just often try to like trick humans and just mess with them and bring them misfortune and just kind of give them a hard time in general in terms of their physical uh appearances or physical characteristics they're almost often described to look like humans um their sizes can vary so they can be you know very very tiny you know like tinkerbell is one example of that or like the fairy 
seeing them that I think Thumbelina goes to. It's been a while since I've read that story, but anyone who knows of Thumbelina will kind of know what I'm getting at. They're all very, very tiny. Um, and then they can also be uh, human-sized as well. Um, sometimes, depending on the, you know, folklore, uh, they can like vary in size and they can like manipulate their size because, you know, magic or it's like either they're very tiny or they're human size. It's one or the other. Um, a lot of folklore in general don't depict them as having wings. That's a relatively recent thing. Um, it's widely believed that fae or fairies are capable of flying, um, usually because, you know, magic again um but the idea or the notion that fairies do have wings uh, is a victorian concept uh that's kind of popularized that idea uh, mostly because a lot of victorian artwork to have depicted them as having wings um usually like butterfly or dragonfly wings and then of course we see that idea of uh, in modern media today, whether it's like, you know, Tinkerbell or like the fairy godmother, or just like any time you think of a fairy, you think of wings. Of course, I haven't like finished the Akatar, so these are fully caught up yet. But like from what I've read so far, like a few of the characters, I'm gonna, I don't know if it's like all of them have wings or all the fake characters have wings. I don't know why they wouldn't all have wings, but um, the ones in which we do see their wings are Feyre. The protagonist describes them as having wings. It's very critical to who they are as individuals and it kind of makes them them and it's considered very much a part of their fey anatomy. And of course, there's like this minor spoiler you just skip like the next minute or so um but in the first book uh there's like this scene in which uh pharaoh witnesses this uh fey dying and the fey complains that you know someone cut off their wings they're essentially mutilated and that kind of you know they end up dying from the bleeding out and just you know succumbing to the injuries of that so it's very very it's a very critical um part of that universe in the storyline so far but again have not fully caught up yet so this is just my deduction so far but it's a big deal in book and also in modern day um media depictions of fae one thing that always pops up uh whenever i just like hear about fae in general and even as i was kind of um, beginning my research into all this is there because of how they tend to be very malicious and mischievous and just very easy to offend. There's always a huge emphasis um, in folklore and how to protect yourself and your loved ones or just like your community against Fae in general. It's like a whole list that can vary um, from folklore to folklore and from culture to culture. Um, but here are some things that I've found so far. So, you know, wearing your clothing inside out seems to be one way to protect yourself against them. Um, I remember hearing a lot, even like 
growing up and stuff that like you never give your real name to like a fae because I think like they can use it against you to like impersonate you or because your name has power they can use it to like control you or something like that or like even in Akatar, um Sarah J Mass touches upon that idea like albeit briefly but the way she kind of approaches um that little belief about the fae I think is low-key hilarious so if you haven't read the book already, definitely pick up the first book and you'll know exactly what I mean. Uh, Faye may or may not like Iron. This is like another thing that Sarah J. Mass touches upon in Akatar as well. Um, not going to delve more into it because, you know, spoilers. Um, but I remember hearing that Faye, like Faye and fairies, they don't like Iron, but apparently in some places it doesn't really that's not really a thing um same thing with bells like uh a lot of like folklore like say that like church bells um would like protect you um from fae yet in some sources fae are like depicted to travel with bells on their person so it could be that maybe they like their own bells that are perhaps not like iron Base or heavy metal base but they don't like human bells or maybe it's like church bells specifically that they don't like and of course that goes back to the idea of like if you were to look at it from a christian perspective fairies are essentially demons so anything that would drive out fairies would be the same thing as striving out demons and anything that's kind of like tied to like holiness and church and sacred grounds and sacred objects would um, drive out like demons for sure. So there's that. Um, but that one like iron is kind of ambiguous. St. John's wort is like an herb that apparently they're not too crazy about. Um, so that's like, seems to be one sure way to kind of protect yourself against phase with St. John's wort. Um, for leaf clovers, which we all know is often associated with like luck and fortune, seems to do the trick as well, especially since um, fairies tend to bring misfortune and bad luck a human's way. So I can kind of see where that kind of equally, that becomes like a great natural counter to have. So baked goods, specifically bread, seems to be something that is good to have on hand when protecting oneself against fey. Um, in some places, like especially like in Celtic folklore, um, it is considered to be like an offering. So it's good to let's say outside of like a home or a place to have like bread, especially like dry bread and maybe some like cream and butter on hand for them to like have because if they get that offering, they'll essentially leave you alone. Um, uh, there's also like a lot of folklore that says like, oh yeah, have like dry bread in your pocket. They'll like leave you alone. Mostly because in like those sources, like fairies don't like dry bread. I mean, who wouldn't like, who would like dry bread or just like stale bread? Um, So like either they love it or they hate it, but it's a good protective measure against it. I just have our hand or leave it outside. I guess it just depends on what household you're in and where you are, but bread is your friend here. Also, the word avoid is also a good keyword to kind of have uh, in mind whenever you think 
um, you're going to potentially encounter Faye. Um, basically a good thumb of rule is if you know of a location or like a house or whatever that tends to be haunted by fairies, the best thing to do is to just not go to that place. Now, of course, if we're in a horror film or, you know, like in a fantasy novel in which encountering the thing is what spices up the plot, then I guess the only way to spice up the plot is to go to the place in question. But, you know, for real life folks like you and I who may have heard of a haunting the same way we would avoid a place that's haunted with like ghosts and phantoms and like, you know, uh, banshees and stuff. You hear that a place is fey haunted? Don't go, especially if you don't have any dry bread on you. You might just piss them off. So going back to that thing I was saying earlier about like fairies messing with travelers and trying to lead them astray. If you're trying to protect yourself against fairies and you're like traveling, if you like especially at night or like somewhere and you see like will of the wisp like around you or like in a very specific place. And for those who don't know what will of the wisp are, they're like this glowing light thing that can like manifest as like a glowy fog or whatever you can always like look it up online and basically the picture matches the name pretty well but if you see them literally don't go into the light because those are believed to be fairies leading you astray they might look pretty but you know don't do it unless you want the fairies to mess with you or again if you are a character like in a novel or in a film and you're trying to spice up the plot, then do it. But if you're not, don't go into the light. And one very last uh, critical thing that keeps popping up is avoid fairy paths. Now, what exactly are fairy paths? Well, that's for me to know and for all of you to find out next episode. <laughs> No, but seriously though, like stay tuned for the next episode because fairy paths and anything related to that is its own little ball game and it just like, honestly, it just deserves its own episode. So keep on the lookout for that. So there's that for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening and I will see you all next time. This has been Chariots of Flowers. Bye-bye now.